I encourage you to become increasingly aware of not what you or others have written in your heart, but what God has, is, and will write in your heart. This is the Bible Speaks to You podcast, episode 198. Today's topic, What Has God Written in Your Heart? You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I am so grateful you've tuned in to listen today. I've got a question for you. Well, actually, several questions. I'm curious, how much time do you spend studying the Bible? What motivates your Bible study, and how do you go about it? Do you research specific words or themes? Do you have a plan to read so many verses or pages each day? Do you try to memorize verses that are important to you? Or do you just open up the Bible at random and read whatever your eyes fall on? Well, if you're like me, you've probably done all these things at one point or another. These are just a few ways to study the Bible. And there's so many more, like learning the original Hebrew and Greek words, going to seminary, reading books, and taking classes. But they all come back to getting to know the Bible. When I was a little kid in Sunday school, my teachers always encouraged us to memorize verses and passages like, well, John 3.16, for example. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then, of course, there were the Ten Commandments, the 23rd Psalm, and the Beatitudes, just to name a few things. And I got to where I could repeat most of these, although for some reason I had a hard time getting the Beatitudes in the right order. Obviously, the idea was for us to know these and other Bible verses by heart, remember, and obey them each day. Well, it's one thing to memorize the Ten Commandments. It's another thing to obey them. When I was in about fifth or sixth grade, I said or did something very disrespectful to my mother. I was really angry about something. I don't even remember what it was now, but what I did was totally inappropriate and completely broke the fifth commandment, Exodus twenty twelve, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. My mother said she was going to tell my dad as soon as he got home. Well, I snapped out of whatever I was angry about and realized I was in serious trouble. My dad was a wonderful man and had a deep faith in God, but I tried his faith and his patience on more than one occasion as a child. 
I was afraid of what the consequences would be when he got home. I begged my mother not to tell him. I bargained, and I pleaded. Suddenly, there was not quite a twinkle in her eye, but I could see my mom was about to make some kind of deal with me. She told me that if I would memorize the Ten Commandments, not the short kid's version, but the full King James version, and repeat them to her, she wouldn't tell my dad what I had done. Let me tell you, that was 100 times more motivation to learn the Ten Commandments than I'd ever had in Sunday school. And then she told me I needed to talk to God, tell Him I was sorry, and ask Him to forgive me. Now, I knew about and believed in God, and I said my prayers. We read and talked about lots of Bible stories in our home, but I had never really talked directly to God before. And so, to the best of my ability, I told God I was sorry, and I asked Him to forgive me. I don't really remember getting a response, but It was my first effort at actually communicating with God directly, and it planted a seed of talking to God that has blossomed over the years. So I memorized the commandments, and I recited most of them to my mom. I am so grateful for the way my mother instilled in me the importance of the commandments, and as far as I know, she never mentioned this incident to my dad, and she never said anything about it again to me, either. Looking back on this experience, now, from my perspective as a parent, I marvel at the whole thing and the way she handled it. This experience reminds me of a wonderful passage in Jeremiah that has been very meaningful to me for many years. Jeremiah is prophesying of God's enduring love for the children of Israel, even though they have repeatedly disobeyed and forsaken his commandments. This is Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 34. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant. Though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. Think about that for a minute. God is writing his law in your heart. That is far different than you or me writing it there, as I did when my mom had me memorize the Ten Commandments. Now, don't get me wrong, it's important to learn scriptures and even memorize passages. You may remember my interview with Keith Farron in episode 144, Finding Your Identity in the Bible. Keith memorizes entire books of the Bible and recites them out loud so he can hear the whole message of that particular book, and he encourages you and me to do the same thing. But again, there's a difference between you writing the scriptures or God's law on your heart 
and God writing them there. It's so important that God's law be inscribed in our hearts, in our affections. Deuteronomy brings this out. Moses says to the children of Israel, this is Deuteronomy 6, 6, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. This is obviously a metaphor about having a deep abiding affection for God's laws, not in a legalistic sense of just obeying a bunch of rules, but in the sense of imbibing the essence of God's laws to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, there are times in both the Old and New Testaments when it becomes painfully obvious that people have either rejected God's law completely, or they have learned the letter of the law but are far from obeying the spirit of God's commands. God rebukes this attitude. This is in Isaiah 29, verse 13. The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. That sounds pretty relevant even today, doesn't it? Jesus felt the same way about some of the religious leaders of his day. In fact, he quotes this passage from Isaiah in Mark and adds a few choice remarks of his own. This is Mark 7, 6-9. Jesus replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. And then he says, You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. The irony of the situation is that these same Pharisees had just rebuked Jesus because his disciples had not followed some of the Jewish ceremonial traditions of washing their hands before eating. This is Mark 7, 5. They said, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands. No wonder Jesus would say to them, this is Matthew 15, 3, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? We need to ask ourselves that question every once in a while. The simple answer for why the Pharisees acted the way they did is that the deep spiritual meaning of God's law, love, was not written in their hearts, in their affections. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for this in very strong language. This is Matthew twenty-three, twenty-three. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. This is often the reason we don't obey the laws of God. We're following traditions, the man-made doctrines about God, or just a bunch of rules. We're told with great authority in sermons, books, Bible studies, and podcasts 
what to believe, and how we should live our lives as true Christians. I do a little bit of that too. But if you compare all these different instructions, they don't all agree. If you're just doing what someone else tells you in regard to your faith, without doing your own Bible study and seeking God's direction in prayer through the Holy Spirit, you're not necessarily obeying God's commands. Does that mean we shouldn't listen to sermons and podcasts or go to Bible studies? Of course not. I'm grateful that you're listening right now to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, but I never want you to take what I say as the final word of authority on anything. My hope is that you'll read the Bible for yourself. Let it speak to you directly. That's what this podcast is all about. The Bible speaks to you. But, as I said, there are lots of Christians who speak with great self-assurance, telling you exactly what to believe and what to do, and they paint alarming pictures of what will happen if you don't believe and do exactly as they say. They may be teaching the precepts of God, and maybe some of their own precepts, through fear instead of love. They're trying to write things on your heart instead of letting God do it. This is the exact opposite of how Jesus taught and preached. Do you believe in God because someone told you to? Did they scare you into believing because of what they say will happen if you don't believe? Or did they introduce you to God through love? Whatever the case, the ultimate way to learn about God and to know God is to communicate directly with Him. Even if someone has a crystal clear awareness of God in their own lives and shares that with you, and that is wonderful when it happens, you still need to nurture your own direct relationship with God. This is why God says in that passage from Jeremiah I quoted earlier I will put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. No person will have to teach you, and you will not need to teach anyone else who God is. God will inscribe his law, his nature as love itself, in the hearts of all mankind. Now, it's real easy to think of this happening way off in the future, but it's also going on right now. Does this mean you never need to tell anyone about God or share the gospel of Christ? Well, of course not. Jesus told his disciples, and that includes you and me, in Mark sixteen fifteen, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. The real question is, are you preaching what someone else has written in your heart or what God has written in your heart. You might be saying the exact same words, but the more you share your faith based on what God has done in your life and has written in your heart, instead of just trying to convince someone to believe a certain thing someone told you what you should believe, you'll help others to become aware of what God is writing in their hearts. God is writing his law of love in your heart. This very moment, he is instilling in your affections his nature, all his qualities and attributes, including his love for all his children. And it may not seem like it, we may not see it, 
but God is doing this with all mankind. It's only natural then to feel love for all mankind, including yourself, in addition to your love for God. I love this idea in Psalm 4, verse 7. The psalmist is talking to God, You have put gladness in my heart. Fill in the blank with gratitude, love, wisdom, mercy. Think of all the things God puts in your heart. My mother told me to memorize the Ten Commandments. Your pastor can tell you to follow and obey Christ. I could tell you to be more loving or forgiving. And we can endeavor to follow this guidance. But as helpful as these human intentions and instructions are to bring us closer to God, I encourage you to become increasingly aware of not what you or others have written in your heart, but what God has, is, and will write in your heart. This is a promise God has made to you. Just a few verses later in that passage I just quoted from Jeremiah, Jeremiah 32, verse 40, God says, And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good for them. I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me, and they will never leave me. Let that soak in way down deep in your heart. God is putting a desire in your heart to have a deep, meaningful relationship with him. Because that's the desire in his heart, to have a deep, meaningful relationship with you. You can't accomplish this through human will, determination, or intellect, or being coerced by others. God is writing his law of love in your heart. Because he loves you. I encourage you to ponder quietly what God has already written in your heart. Think of the love and the joy he has put there. What about the spirit of forgiveness and patience, wisdom, and understanding? But that's just the beginning. God is writing his law of love in your heart every day in a language you understand. Thank you so much for listening. I'm grateful to have you here today. I hope you'll share this episode with someone that you think might enjoy it. If you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear them. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the Contact tab in the menu bar. Just fill out the little form, and I'll be in touch. I look forward to hearing from you. If you haven't signed up for my email notification list, I hope you'll do so. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the Subscribe tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form, and you're all set. That way you'll get an email every week telling you when a new episode is out. And when you sign up, I'll send you a prayer guide called Praying with the Mindset of Jesus. If you'd like to see a full transcript of today's episode and study the Bible references that I mentioned, go to the show notes page for this episode, thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 198. This is episode 198. And the Bible references are all the way at the bottom of that page. The Bible Speaks to You podcast is about to hit a big milestone, episode 200. When I first started the podcast, way back in the fall of 2019, I thought it was a big achievement when I got to 10 episodes. And here we are at almost 200. I have a very special episode planned, and I want to give a special thanks to all of you who have participated 
to help make it a success. It's coming out on August 8th, so I hope you'll tune in and listen. I want to thank you for all the ways you've been supportive, for listening and sharing the podcast, taking the ideas and putting them into practice in your daily life. And I really love getting your emails when you share insights. And if you've written a review on Apple Podcasts, I really appreciate that. And a special thank you to everyone who has contributed financially to the podcast. That helps so much with the production and hosting expenses. It means so much to me. You are a big reason the Bible Speaks to You podcast has been so successful and is reaching people all over the world. Again, thank you so much. That's it for this week. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care, and we'll see you next time. God bless. God bless.